Well, hello, my name is Captain Bartholomew Smith, and I've got a few stories from my time out on the sea. So I get a call in my radio in there, and it was none other than the Titanic sinking. Nothing I could do. Then I look out into the sea, and I see a mermaid staring me right into my eyes, and she says, where is my child? And I woke up in the middle of a slumber, and the room probably had 12 foot of water in it. That's weird, because I was in the hotel that night. Hong Kong, uh, Martha's Vineyard, Treasure Island, Naples, Italy. Never been to any of those. Oh, I say good morning, Life Church. The craziest thing is that that nut who was in that video was at our house on the 4th of July. And so <laughs> we thank God for Kevin and Noel Miller, and uh, I'm sure they've been a blessing to you all. They're a blessing to us, and I love messing people up when we're all out in public together, and um, go, yeah, I'm their kid's dad. And so it just <laughs> it messes with people. <laughs> well, I'm elated to be with you all this morning. Um, and we were here last night and we had a blast. And I just know God's going to do some amazing things in this place today. I'm an associate pastor at Park Lawn Assembly of God. I am no stranger to Life Church. I love Life Church. I love the students. I love the people. I love your pastor. Pastor Aaron has always been smooth to me. And now, like, he's like lost weight. He's sexy. I said. <laughs> I said, what? My goodness, look at you. And so I thank God for him. You have one of the best pastors in the state. You're blessed. Speaking of sexy, I brought my wife with me. We have a, yes, Lord Jesus, we have a Starbucks romance. And I call her my sexy caramel macchiato. And she, she says, come on, my special dark roast and glory to God. So that's who we are. But I am here to continue in the Boats series based on a true story. But before we do that this morning, just a few preliminaries. Is that all right? Uh, number one, I look black. Some of you didn't know, I just had to help some people out. Okay. Number two, I talk black. Okay. Number three, I am black. <laughs> so number four, I preach black. So that means when I walk into a beautiful edifice like Life Church, and I walk into a room where there's people in the presence of God, something on the inside of me begins to get excited because I'm just reminded of how good God is and how faithful and consistent he's been to me in the midst of my inconsistencies. Therefore, I understand grace and he doesn't love me because of who I am. He loves me despite who I am. So when I come into a room like this, I can't help but contain myself and talk about the love of Jesus. You may not be like me if you're perfect people, but do I have some imperfect people that are thankful for a real God who still saves, who still cares, who still loves? So I'm excited today, and you all are in trouble this morning. They set me up, but Black Church, we don't do Saturday service, so I didn't know 
what to do, and we were out hanging out all day, and so I was like really exhausted, but we do Sunday morning, please believe that. Um, they gave me a clock for that reason. You know, our church starts at 7 a.m., we're done around 3 p.m., something like that. It's a full work day, but I'm elated to be with you this morning, and if you will pay attention with me as we go on this journey, God's going to change your life. I'm tired of church being a spectator sport. If I'm going to be here, I want all that God has for me. Y'all with me this morning? I mean, we, we woke up this morning. We might as well get all that God has for us. Amen? So look at your neighbor and say, I don't know about you. I'm getting mine. Okay, now look at that other person you really tried to avoid the first time and say, I don't know about you, but I'm getting mine. Amen. If you have your Bibles, turn with me to the book of Genesis. The book of Genesis. I'm preaching from Genesis chapter 29 today. Genesis chapter 29. I think I'm going to start in verse 16. Genesis chapter 29, I'm going to start in verse 16. If you got it, say, I got it. If you don't have it, say, hold on. Too bad. I got a clock. I'll give you one clue. Genesis is behind the book of table of contents. So... You laugh, somebody needed that. Um, <laughs> amen. Genesis chapter 29. Let's, let's read, in, starting in verse number 16, shall we? The Bible goes on to say, Now Laban had two daughters. The older daughter was named Leah, and the younger daughter was Rachel. There was no sparkle in Leah's eyes. Remember that, okay? But Rachel had a beautiful figure and a lovely face. Looks like my wife. And since Jacob was in love with Rachel, he told her father, I will work for seven years, if you'll give me Rachel, your younger daughter, as my wife. Agreed, Laban said. I'd rather give her to you than anyone else. Stay and work with me. So Jacob worked seven years to pay for Rachel, but his love for her was so strong that it seemed to him but a few days. Love will make you do some crazy things. Can I get an amen in here today? Finally, the time came for him to marry her. I have fulfilled my agreement, Jacob said to Laban, now give me my wife so I can sleep with her. Forgive me, there's no youth church this morning. So Laban invited everyone in the neighborhood and prepared a wedding feast. But that night when it was dark, Laban took Leah to Jacob and he slept with her. Laban gave, had given Leah a servant, Zilpha, to be her maid. But when Jacob woke up, somebody say woke up. Some of us have had those type of mornings. But when Jacob woke up in the morning, it was Leah. What have you done to me, Jacob raged at Laban? I worked seven years for Rachel. Why have you tricked me? It's not our custom here to marry off a younger daughter ahead of a firstborn, Laban replied. But wait until the bridal week is over. Then we'll give you Rachel, too, provided you promise to work another seven years for me. What? in the world is going on. I tell people all the time, who needs reality TV when you have the Bible? Some crazy stuff happened. And this is, guess what? This is based on a true story. I can't make this up. We have Jacob. We see Jacob early in the Bible. Jacob is the brother of Esau, and we understand that story where Jacob deceived his own father. Haha, <laughs> it's funny when it happens to you, Jacob. <laughs> um, so now we see that Jacob is, is, has grown older, and now he's at that age of maturation where the brother says, hey, I'm looking to get married. And have you ever seen something that you say, God, that's what I want? 
whether it be a spouse, whether it be a home, whether it be a job, whether it be something you've been believing God for. He said, God, that's what I want. And why am I preaching this this morning? Because I'm preaching to people that aren't just spectators in church. I'm preaching to people that still believe Ephesians chapter 3, where the Bible says he can do exceedingly abundantly above all we could ever ask or think. So God, if I'm going to be here and I'm going to have breath in my lungs, I'm going to believe you for the supernatural. I'm going to believe you to do some things in and through me to shake this world up. Y'all pick up what I'm throwing down this morning. And Jacob said, that's it, God. That's it. That's the promise. That's what I'm believing for. But then something happened. <laughs> Watch this. Here's your tweetable testimony for the morning. You ready for this? In between the present and the outpouring is always opposition. I could drop the mic, but they're really expensive. In between the present and the outpouring is always opposition. Let me tell you something. Dreams aren't for the faint of heart. Visions aren't for the faint of heart. Having faith and believing God can do something is not for the faint of heart. So this morning, we're going to talk from the topic, embracing Leah. Embracing Leah. Now, as we read that portion of text, we'll notice something. The Bible describes Rachel, and they say she was beautiful in appearance and figure. Husbands, give God a hand clap if that's your wife. You better clap. <laughs> She's looking. <laughs> There's no Leah's in here. She was beautiful in appearance and figure. Okay. And when the Bible talks about Leah, they only mention her eyes. That means Leah was ugly. <laughs> true story. I can't make this up. It's a true story. I told you, read the Bible. It's amazing. Um, I grew up in the inner city of Denver, and I remember, like, we used to play sports, and we used to have cheerleaders, and some of you may know this, U-G-L-Y, you ain't got no alibi, you ugly. Yeah, yeah, you ugly. <laughs> For somebody, like, <laughs> That scarred your childhood. It's messed up, man. Leah was ugly. Ugly. There's phases to ugliness. There's phases to this thing. Sometimes when, 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 you're, when you're embraced by ugliness, you know, and you really see it with women because women are polite, you know, um, you'd be like, well, well, what did she look like? She was really sweet. You know, okay, but she had an amazing personality. You know, it baffles me. How do ugly guys get good girls? It just blows my mind. So, so sometimes people can be so ugly, the only thing you can focus on is the personality. <laughs> and then sometimes, you know, they got this level of ugly where it's not even about the personality, it's about what they're skilled to do. I mean, well, I mean, they're really talented. Right, but what do they, I mean, they're amazing. They're smart, they're brilliant. What do they look like? Then you know you're on a whole nother level of ugly. When you ask somebody, what did they look like? They had nice eyes. What? <laughs> That's a whole nother level of ugly. Whole nother level. Everyone get an attitude and be black with me this morning. Say, whole another level now one more time whole another 
love. I love when white women get an attitude. <laughs> it's amazing. <laughs> they can go home to their husband. <laughs> whoa, 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 hold on. You're on a hell, another level. <laughs> Do not talk to me that way, mister. <laughs> What's gotten into you? I don't know. There's this black preacher, and <laughs> I feel like it's going to happen in this row right here. Right here. It's a whole nother level of ugly. So what happens is we see Jacob in the Bible. He says, God, that's what I want. I see Rachel. I see something beautiful. I see something tangible. I see something that I can see myself with and I can see myself doing. The Bible says that as he was pursuing Rachel, he went to her father and her father said, listen, if you work for me for seven years, I will give you Rachel. The brother worked for seven years and came and said, Laban, give me what's mine. There was a wedding, there was a honeymoon, and they took communion, if you know what I mean. Communion. Communion. <laughs> Laban snuck into Jacob's tent that night, and he gave him something. But he didn't give him what he desired. <laughs> so when Jacob woke up, it was Leah. I don't know if they cussed back then in the Bible, but if I would have woke up and I've been like, what the Hebrew <laughs> did I get myself into? And he goes back to his father-in-law, he's enraged, and he's like, dude, this wasn't the deal. What, what happened? You set me up. And he says, oh, yeah, by the way, we can't marry off the younger before we marry off the older, but if you give me seven more years of your life, I'll give you what you desired. Why do you preach this? I'm glad you asked. Because if you're like me, Sometimes when you're believing God for things, before it gets beautiful, it's ugly. <laughs> Sometimes when you're living your life to say, God, I'm going to do whatever you called me to do. God, I'm going to say yes to you. I'm going to say yes to your promises. We're going to live a godly life. We're going to have a godly marriage. We're going to have a godly family. Sometimes before it's beautiful, it's ugly. So I'm just here this morning to let a few people know that, you know what? God's not just in the beautiful. God's in the ugly. You don't believe me, right? You guys are like, what? Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many. Consider it pure joy. Consider it pure joy, my brothers, when you face trials of many kinds, knowing that the testing of your faith develops perseverance. I don't know about you, but I believe all over this house this morning, we've had some Leah moments, some ugly experiences in life, in relationships, in our business, sometimes in church, that God, get me out of this. I did not sign up for this. This was not a part of the agreement. I've been set up. I got a tweetable testimony. You ready for this? Sometimes God has to set you up in order to set you up. Mm -hmm. That's good. Sometimes God has to set you up in order to set you up. So what is Leah? Well, Leah, Leah looks like a situation that you do not desire. Leah, Leah looks like a problem you want out of. Anybody ever pray, God, get me out of here? Some of you are going to your job Monday, and you pray that every time you go to God, get me out of here. I don't want this. <laughs> Leah looks like being challenged to be faithful and and frustrated at the same time. How are you faithful and frustrated at the same time? I don't like what's going on. 
I wish I can change it. I can't change it. But God, I'm going to stay here until your promises come true. That's what Leah looks like. That can be a marriage. And I don't know why that's been on my heart all week. And I just want to encourage some people in marriage this morning. I know you're frustrated, but be faithful, baby. The promises of God are yes and amen. Leah looks like working hard and seeing no results. Seven years of your seven years of your life. And this is what I get? Are you serious right now, God? <laughs> Leah looks, Leah is that situation that catches you off guard and you weren't prepared for. I don't care how rich you are, how poor you are, how big you are, how small you are, how, how pretty you are, how ugly you are. If there's one thing that keeps us all on the same page, it's life. Okay, life happens to everybody. And there's some things that are going to happen, women, that extra analyze and prepare, that you're not prepared for, and it will knock you off your feet. The maturation of the Christian and the believer is how do you keep going even when it's not going well for you? Leah, man, this is an ugly situation. I didn't sign up for this, God. But you know what I, 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 I found as I looked at this text? Jacob needed Leah. Yeah, he, he needed Leah. He didn't want her, but he needed her. Jacob represents us, friends. And sometimes we need the ugly situations. Because if you don't know how to worship in the ugly, don't worship in the beautiful. He needed her. We understand Jacob's origin. He was a deceiver. He was the very one that deceived his own father. And sometimes God has you in an ugly season because he's trying to get evil out of you. And he loves you enough to not let you get what you desire because of your character will mess it up. So let me deal with you in the ugly so that you can be upstanding, so that you can be pure, so that when I give you the promise, you're able to keep it. Ugly. Ugly. God, get me out of this. He needed her. There was a moment in Jacob's life, if we fast, fast forward in the Bible to Genesis chapter 32, we see that was the moment where Jacob literally wrestled with God. Anybody remember that story? He wrestled with God and he even named the place Peniel because that was the place where he saw the face of God and he wrestled all night and said, I won't let you go until you bless me. I don't believe Jacob would have had the endurance for that battle had he not learned how to be faithful and consistent and persistent in the ugly. Sometimes God is preparing you for what's on the other side in the middle of your ugly right now. What are you saying, Pastor? Don't quit. Keep going. We don't want the ugly, but God knows we need the ugly. John chapter 15, the Bible says this, I'm the vine, you are the branches. Then he goes on to say, any vine that doesn't bear fruit will be what? Cut off. Sometime your ugly season is your pruning season. And God has to get that out so something else can blossom up from it. You didn't want to go through it. You didn't want to experience. You want out of it right now. But God's saying, I need you to trust me in this process because I'm working it out. And it doesn't look good. But will you be faithful? Jacob didn't want Leah, but I'm telling you, friends, he, he, he needed it. Because sometimes what we're experiencing is polar opposite than what we desire. Sometimes what we're experiencing is polar opposite than what we desire. 
faithfulness, faithfulness, faithfulness. But God's a genius. He's a genius. And I believe you can see God in the attributes of Laban. Sometimes God has to conceal the ugly because he knows you won't commit. <laughs> you don't believe me? Okay, let's watch the disciples being called. All Jesus said was, come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. If I was a disciple, I would have bugged Jesus to death. Where are we going? What, what are we going to do? Come, follow me, I will make you fishers of men. But what does that look like then, Jesus? And can you give me a time frame? And, you know, um, can I call my wife first? Come, follow me, and I will make you fishers of men. You don't realize, boys, that in a few years you're all going to die for this thing. But come, come. It's going to get real ugly. You're going to be persecuted. They hated, you. They hated me, so they're going to hate you. But just come, 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 follow me. Sometimes God has to hide the ugly from us because we won't commit, friends. But he knows that it's in the ugly that he can develop us to be the man and woman of God he needs us to be. I graduated from the Assemblies of God Bible College, one of the 18 Assemblies of God Bible College. And, and, and um, my Bible college was in Ellendale, North Dakota. Somebody's like, what's that? I know, I know, <laughs> I know. I feel like the Eminem commercial, we do exist. You know, um, <laughs> true story. Small town, small town. No stoplights. Listen, I went to college in a town that I couldn't even bear, buy underwear in, in, okay? The next thing to civilization was like 45 minutes away, and it was in South Dakota. I'm a, I'm a city kid from the inner city of Denver, raised by my single mother. I grew up in a concrete jungle, and I just remember that God opened the door, and I, God said, you're called to ministry, and God spoke to me, said, hey, I want you to go to school for ministry, and I remember saying yes to the call. And I remember saying yes to the call, but I wasn't prepared for what was about to happen. But sometimes God has to hide you from that because you won't commit. And I remember getting there, and I remember being in my first chapel service, and I, dude, I'm a, I'm a, I'm a city kid, you know, and I was like, what did I sign up for? Dear God, what is happening? I mean, it was like a Gaither reunion. Like, I was like, what? rise and shine and give God the glory. <laughs> Jesus, Jesus. You hate me. You hate me. You don't love me. You don't love me at all. What is going on? You know, anybody like ice cream? Anybody like chocolate chip ice cream? Glory to God. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. On a beautiful day like today, it would be perfect. I'm here all day if you want to come back and buy me some. Thank you, Jesus. Imagine a bowl of ice cream with one chocolate chip. <laughs> Pastor Greg in North Dakota, man. Why am I here? What am I doing? I don't like this. And I remember having a conversation with God. Here's the craziest thing about having a conversation with God. Be ready when he speaks back to you. And I remember complaining, and I remember being frustrated. God, I don't like this. You set me up. This is not what I asked. I said, God, you want a call to be a pastor. And, you know, little did I know, if you're called to be a pastor, you better get comfortable with the uncomfortable, because y'all are crazy. You, don't believe, you love me now, but let me come here and change some things. Now we got some issues. Well, wait a minute, Pastor. Can we talk? I love y'all. Y'all love me now. But you know, I know. I know. But so I'm there, and uh, I remember in the chapel, and I'm just, just like crying my eyes out. And, you know, I had that one tough black mom, dad, you know, raised by a single mom. You can go. 
but you ain't gonna quit. <laughs> so I'm stuck. I'm like, yeah, who's getting me out? And God spoke to me. He said these words. He said, never mistake your preference for my presence. Never mistake your preference for my presence. What do you mean by that? God had to teach me that day. Hey, God is in even what you don't like. God is in even what you don't prefer. God is in situations and seasons that you want to get out of. It may not be your preference, but just because it's not your preference doesn't mean his presence isn't in it. Jacob needed Leah. Friends, sometimes we need these ugly situations in our life. It doesn't feel good when we're going through it. I've been married for five years now. I know ugly, but I thank God. And here's the thing that breaks my heart as a pastor. All over the world, church has become a spectator sport, and it's become a country club. But people are no longer holding on to what God has placed on the inside of them because they're met by Leah. They're met by opposition. They're met by ugly. And it's a lot more comfortable to stay where I am to be faithful in the ugly of what God is doing. But I just came to be your Holy Spirit version of a black Red Bull today. And God is saying, listen. I've put something on the inside of you. And listen, it's going to be an outpouring. But before it's an outpouring, friend, you may face a little bit of opposition. And I'm just preaching to somebody who's ever wanted to give up in this place. I'm preaching to people who say, God, I'm praying to you, but I don't even feel like you're hearing me and you're answering me. I'm preaching to people that can be real and honest and say, it's not that I don't love Jesus, but I'm in a season and a situation in my life where I'm asking God, why? I didn't raise my child like this. Why are they acting this way? Why? What's happened to my spouse? This is not the person I said yes to at the altar. Why? I've been faithful. Why am I laid off on my job? Why do the people I love have to die? Why? This is ugly. Make it stop. But all the while, God is saying, listen, you're going to get your Rachel, but you better start embracing Leah. God's in the ugly, my friend. There's people all across this room today. I've just been feeling it. That you're like, hey, man, listen, I've, I'm going through, Pastor. And can I be honest? Can we stop making church Halloween, please? Can we stop hiding behind the costumes and the masks? And can we start being honest? One of my favorite things to do is bring unsaved people to church. It's crazy. When you, when you pastor in the inner city of Milwaukee, it's not hard to do, isn't it? <laughs> Bringing unsaved people to church. I brought a friend of mine who was a gangster to church. It's a true story. I said, man, what did you think about the church? He said, man, it was good, man. You know, they were singing songs, and, you know, they kept saying some stuff. It was cool. It was cool. I said, well, what do you think? He said, man, you know, they kept singing about the blood, but I'm a crip. I said, mm, you know what, never mind. He didn't get it, but thank God that, you know, discipleship's a process. <laughs> I brought another friend to church. I never brought another friend to church. It's a true story. I brought another friend to church, and I said, hey, what did you think? I, what you like? He said, she said, you know what? I mean, it was nice, but everybody was just so fake. You want to know your, great, your greatest evangelistic tool? 
Show somebody your scars. Revelation 12, 11 says, and they overcame by what? The blood of the lamb and the word of their testimony. I feel like churches aren't reaching people because they keep trying to conceal the ugly. I want to show you the ugly so you can get a glimpse of how beautiful God is. I don't want to act like I got it all put together. I feel like Paul. There's three times I ask God to take this thing away and he doesn't, but what does he say to me? My grace is sufficient for you and my power is made perfect in weakness. There's still power in my ugly. I don't have all the answers. I haven't always done right. I fail sometimes. I try to say, God, help me to be a better husband, and sometimes I mess up, but I keep going. Even when Leah shows up. Jacob, like us, had to be set up in order to get set up. Leah. And as I've read the story of Jacob's life, and Jacob had many children. Jacob had a few wives. But when I looked at the span of Jacob's life, Jacob bore the most children from Leah. For a long time, Rachel was barren. But Jacob bore the most children from Leah. I say that to say this. Sometimes God has the most fruit for you in the ugliest seasons of your life. The maturation of a believer is not how you worship. It's not how you praise when it's going well. God is saying, I need some people that will worship me in spirit and in what? Truth. And the truth of the matter is sometimes life is ugly. I told God a long time ago, Lord, I want to be like Job. <laughs> Though they slay me. Yet will I trust him. I want to be like David. Yea, though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I show what? Fear no evil. Here's the thing. Many of us have walked the valley of the shadow of death. Here's the only thing where we messed up. You ready for this? We stopped walking. It's going to get ugly. But as you walk, you have to keep moving. You have to keep pressing. You can't stop there. It's not going your way. It, the people aren't acting like you want them to act. You feel like the cards are stacked up against you, but keep walking. 